All right. Hi, everybody. This is On Purpose. I am Dr. John Duffy. With me is Chicago Tribune columnist who's actually been to the Chicago Tribune lately, Heidi <laughs> Stevens. Hi, John. I'm not, How are I'm not you? actually with you, just to clarify. I mean, I'm joining you on a call, but, you know, we're not... We're not in the same zip code. It's not. Anything. It's kind of important to say, isn't it? Now, yeah. I was, I, I, as I we're was still saying, honoring I was the fact like, that there's a pandemic. Right. How right? bad would yeah. it be if people thought like, ah, we just thought we'd get together and hang out. Right. Yeah. We'd probably, or we're back in the look... tiny podcast booth. <laughs> right. <laughs> <laughs> Breathing like um, you know air and like spores <laughs> on each other. I often think of our last uh, moments that I didn't know were our last moments in the podcast booth. Um, and it was you and I and Bella Gandhi, um, mm -hmm. the awesome Bella Gandhi, um, in a room that the dimensions of which I'm going to say are five by five, but could be yeah. smaller. I don't know. Smaller um, than my closet, for sure. Yeah, right, right. Yeah. And uh, if there were, right, right, definitely smaller than, than, than a normal closet. Mm -hmm. And if there were any COVID in around, we'd all be infected and you know i don't know in some very different place in our lives i think um, we yeah we super lucked out and I'm, we did, I'm kind of i'm not going to make fun of you but i am going to point out that um i i remember asking you that day like are you like sanitizing your phone and you were like sanitizing your phone <laughs> what are you talking about <laughs> like that's how like that's where our heads were and i like i was a little embarrassed that i asked i'm like i know it sounds super weird but like literally five days later, it was like we were sanitizing our friggin' groceries and mail and, you yep. know, but like it was one of those like, whoa, change of, you know, perspectives almost overnight. Actually, it was overnight in a lot of It years, was. Anyway. It was. So wait, I, I'll sell myself out a little bit further because I remembered something yesterday. The Friday before that, I was um, I did a, a local uh TV show and um, and in jest, one of the hosts said, um, asked me, you know, so where are we headed here? Are we just going to be home in our little pods, um, you know, hibernating and waiting for this to go away? And the three of us were like, ah, ha, 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 like kind of like these yeah. jovial laugh, like, you know, oh, right. that's so fun, science fiction funny. Um, yeah. <laughs> and, and, you know, and we had this kind of a lark of a segment that could have been about like, you know, cutting the edges off the peanut butter and jelly sandwiches you make for your kids. <laughs> Turns out we were talking about like, you know, the end of the world and we had no idea. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I'm, I'm tempted to kind of dig that up and yet I'm sick about it too. Right. You know? It's also like appalling. I know. Right. right. I know. And I'm sure I gave advice to people that was, you know, absolutely wildly irresponsible. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I think all of us who like, you know, dispense advice or perspective or anything in the public space are having a lot of those moments of like, oof, man. And, you know, medical experts as well. We've talked about this, but like, you know, the things that, that the experts, the CDC was saying, you know, in the beginning that proved to not be true by now, right. um, you know, there, there's a long list. Um, so we got to give ourselves a little bit of grace and also learn from our, you know, haste, right? Yes, that, right. You know, exactly. Yeah. So I read um, somebody somewhere, um, I don't remember what the story was, but it said like the, the day one moment one reaction is rarely the right reaction. You probably know this far better than I do, but, um, 
you know, I, I tend to be one of these people who like, I, especially if it kind of is a confirmation bias, I like yeah. to react really quickly and publicly. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> doesn't really work out well. <laughs> Probably like and there's the job so you many, <laughs> and there's so many ways to do it, right? Like you just oh, have yeah. on Twitter, have on Facebook. And that's, I mean, this week and we'll get to like a meatier topic in a second, but I mean, this is plenty meaty what I'm about to bring up, but um, just to say, it's not what we're probably going to talk about the whole time. Mm -hmm. But this week on, you know, Monday morning, everyone in Chicago anyway, woke up to the news about um, looting on Michigan Avenue. And, and, you know, by 9am, Facebook was filled with like, people who either had already decided, like, you know, what went wrong and how, to what degree we should all be losing our ever loving minds over it. Um, or like, I don't understand how, how, like someone explained to me what happened. Like we're not getting the full story out of what, and I'm like, it's, it's been less than 12 hours. Like the, the, (laughs) the patient's level of, of like, I want the entire story. I want both sides and I want to know who's going to do what about it now is like at a new high, I think, because of, you know, so like because of social media, because you start oh, yeah. these conversations and then you, you ha- see people's theories and then see somebody else's theory. And and so it's like Mary Schmeek actually posted on Twitter and Facebook that day. I think the thing that you just said, which was that like, you know, the thing you hear first, like the, the initial story is often not the whole story, right? right? Like people at that point, a lot of them, weren't even talking about the police involved shooting that now is largely believed to have led to the looting, like sort of the looting story ended up in a lot of people's minds preceding the police shooting, which I would imagine for most people, yeah, for most people, it was, I see an aerial view of a Best Buy (laughs) Um, and I see the word looting I'm going in. Like I, I now yep. I have all the information I need. It's all I'm I need going to know. To weigh in. <laughs> yeah. Yes. Totally. Totally. Right. Right. Yeah. And and, and that, no we, idea that there was a shooting involved. Right. Exactly. And the more you read, if you bothered to continue reading and heard and listened to and got various perspectives, it's it was a lot more complicated than it was being presented by a lot of people on yep, Monday yep. morning. But. We, we could um, do better due diligence kind of across the board, for sure. Yeah, yeah. and that's a good lesson for all of us. Um, even people who don't opine in public spaces, just, you know, having conversations with our own family members. Well, it's hard because, and, and again, this is, um, we're, we're just going to keep giving the caveat that this isn't what we're going to talk about. <laughs> and, <laughs> we're not going to talk about what we're talking about. <laughs> this has nothing to do with this podcast, and yes, the podcast goes on. <laughs> um, but, um, oh, what, 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 so... Um, <laughs> I don't remember where I was going to go, so we can, we can just move on, I suppose. <laughs> Yeah, I have okay. honestly no idea. <laughs> Perfect. <laughs> so, I'm just glad I'm not the only one who does that. Okay, so I actually want to ask you about something that you put on Facebook this morning. Um, it was uh-oh. a story. Yeah, it's awful, and I think it's important to talk about. But it was yeah. a story about the rate at which young people are either contemplating or attempting suicide during 
this pandemic and it was based on CDC. Is that true? Yes, you're right. Um, so summarize the story for anyone who didn't yeah, see so it like, yet. In, in effect, and, and the CDC does this about maybe once a month or so, they, they'll, they'll focus specifically on um, this particular mental health statistic, and it seems to be getting more and more alarming. But this time it said that a quarter of um, young adults, so and they, the, the age group they were talking about specifically was 18 to 24, um, has contemplated suicide in the last six months. Um, so that, that, in effect, was the nature of the report. And there were, mm-hmm. th- th- there were some subtopics and things. And, um, and, and in my experience, and um, I, I don't know if you and I have talked about, I, I keep um, now, since the pandemic started, I'm keeping in touch with a number of other therapists in the area because if I get an idea in my head or I run into a phenomenon that's new to me, and most phenomenon, phenomena now are fairly new to me, I want to kind of reach out and say, are you guys seeing this or is this a trend mm-hmm. in your practice? You know, because this is new to me. Um, I'm seeing that very thing, but uh, a quarter is not the number I'm seeing. I'm seeing at least half of the young people that I'm working with and not from 18 to 24, but more like from 10 or 11 to oh. 24 who are, you know, um, at least considering suicide and expressing a lot of hopelessness about what the future looks like for them and um, and how little faith they have in our generation, um, in things getting better. Um, so there's a little bit of like, you know, I'm not actively going to do anything, but I've yet to hear a compelling reason that I should stay here, you know? Um, mm. So, which I'm, you know, is just as bad if you think about it. I mean, it's really uh, a k- kind of a wretched thing. And I'll just tell you firsthand to hear from a young person because you, we, we think of our young people as kind of being filled with hope and um, promise and potential and not much thinking about ending their lives unless they are like kind of severely, morbidly mentally ill. And if you're talking about a quarter or more of kids, you're talking about way more than that group. You know what I mean? You're talking right. about kids who are out and about and, you know, like, uh, and may not carry any diagnosis whatsoever. Right. Yeah. Can, are you hearing that kids feel like the way things are right now in this moment is just going to be the new normal, which I know is a wildly overused phrase, but that, that it's just sort of stuck this way now for good or that we're going to look back on this time and in hindsight think these were the good old days because it's all about to get even worse or is it like a combination of that or something that's totally different than either of those things yeah frighteningly the latter um so they 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 think that this is as good as it gets right um Mm -hmm. and they don't have um it's interesting because they they'll talk about different systems, um, uh, politics, right? So this is this is an election year, and um, and kids, regardless, and, and I'm working with kids kind of across the political spectrum, and they don't have a lot of hope that, regardless of what happens here, that that's going to make any demonstrable change 
in their lives, good mm-hmm. or bad. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. And um, they're aware in, in a way that, you know, the economy was so esoteric to me when I was like, you know, 16 years old. I really didn't quite grasp, you know, like the import of it, what it meant, how it was, you know, how we measured how we were doing. Um, but, you know, kids have access to so much and they have access to that and they feel like, yeah, I think you guys are handing us a pretty raw deal there too, because, um, if you've been able to achieve something where at least maybe you own a home or a car or you make a decent living wage, you're probably handing us a situation where even if we are fortunate enough to go to college and a decent one, um, I'm not sure we're going to have that opportunity. You know, we're going to have to figure something out on our own, you know? So, um, there's this whole identity thing about like, you know, uh, you might be able to identify yourself about uh, based on what you do for a living, but I don't know how to even identify myself or how I can even picture a future identity for myself, you know? Um, whereas we had, I think about, you know, myself as a kid and I had the luxury of kind of like in imagination, trying on different identities and thinking like, you know, do I want to be that guy? Do I want to carry the briefcase and go downtown in the suit and tie or, you know, um, you know, all, all those things that kids are, were able to kind of play around with and kids are not the playful mind is not a luxury. I don't think the kids feel they have. Hmm. Boy, that's, I, that I didn't realize that until I said it, but I really do believe that. Yeah, that's tragic. Yeah. I, this is, this is such a huge problem. And I, I, I'm trying to think of a, a tiny piece of it to bite off that, that you, you and I could actually like, you know, even, approach, let alone like offer any kind of guidance on. I I think one thing that I wonder about a lot is um, how we talk. Gosh, I'm so afraid of coming across as naive. Like, well, if you just say the right things to your kid, then they won't you know, die by suicide. Like it's Mm -hmm. that simple because that sounds blamey for parents who's kids go ahead and die by suicide, which right, is certainly doesn't right. mean. And it also sounds like wildly naive, like there's just the right words and then it's fine. And yes, I certainly right. don't believe that in any way. And I don't mean to imply that, but I, but I am also like really, really curious about the way that all of us should be conversing with each other through all of this, with all of this context you've just given us. Um, yeah. And also, like, so many things suck right now. And I think that <clears throat> there's a, a temptation when someone comes to us with something hard to kind of, like, remind them that it's even harder for someone else right now. Right. Um, or sort of put the hard thing they just told us in some sort of context that makes it seem like... I think a lot of us think we're, you know, helping them, um, you know, helping that problem diminish a little bit in their head. Because now that now that I thought about it that way, it's not actually as big, you know, it's certainly not right, as right, big right. as so-and-so's problem or, or, well, that's happening everywhere. So, like, and this is, like, 
not at all the same at all, but I'm just, as an example, like, so we found out recently that we're probably not moving back into the newsroom in the building that yeah. we have. They're, they've stopped paying the rent on it. And, um, and uh, we're, pro- you know, we're probably just, the newsroom's going to just not exist anymore. Right. Um, and, and fine, that's not traumatic. That's not, it's just, I mean, it's a bummer, but it's certainly not anything that's even registers as like a hardship or, or a traumatic event. I'm just about to get to my point, in a second, which is that <laughs> I have found that when I like say that story to someone, um, often what happens is the first, like I'll say, oh yeah, we just found out we're not, you know, the newsroom is probably closing down. We're not going to go back into an office. Like it's so weird. Um, the person will say like, um, yeah, I think that that's going to be a growing trend going forward, blah, 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 blah. Or yeah, that's a, actually a business strategy. You don't pay your rent and then blah, 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 blah. So like mm-hmm. the, the first reaction is not like, Oh, how does that feel? Um, or right. like, Oh my gosh, you've worked there 22 years. Like that's gotta be weird. Or it's nothing about the feelings around it. It's just the like, now I will explain to you the historic significance of your newsroom closing. And so that again, I'm not, (laughs) I don't feel sorry for myself. This is not traumatic at all, but I'm saying this is a thing that, that we do to each other. And especially right now, like if someone says a hard thing, we're like, Oh, I read about that. That's actually blah, blah, blah. And the person's like, well, I didn't need you to tell me what you read about it. I, (laughs) I'm like, in trusting my pain with, right. With you. And, and, and I think we do it to ourselves too. Like I have been watching um, this HBO series. I may destroy you. Have you seen that at all? I have not seen that. Um, it looks fascinating. You should watch it. It's it's good. Um, it's about um, the main character's name is Arabella, and she suffers uh, sexual assault in a nightclub early on in the series, and. Um, it's I, it's hard to describe. It's very good though. Um, but when she first seeks therapy, um, the therapist asks her how she's coping and she, you know sort of what mechanisms she uses. And she says how if she starts to have flashbacks of the assault, she just says over and over and over. Um, Kids are starving in Africa. Kids are starving in Africa. Kids are starving in Africa. Um, <laughs> right, right, right. Not everyone has a smartphone. Not everyone has a smartphone. Not everyone has a smartphone. Like she's like she works really hard to remind herself that like the thing that happened to her, globally speaking, no big deal. Um, could could be worse. Like definitely people um, live through sexual assaults daily in some parts of the world. Like she's she's putting her own own pain and like perspective to, you know, remind herself that it could have been worse. Yeah. And so that's not like a, that, that practice, I suppose, is not a terrible way to go through life to, to, to take a thing that's bugging you and like check it against like, is this as bad as I'm making it out to be? Or like, you know, is it, right? is it a crazy expectation for me to, think it could be better or do I need to just like move on because this isn't that bad like we you know you sort of have to do that kind of thing at 
work or in your marriage or in your parenting or in your neighborhood. Like, you know, am I really going to make a big deal out of this? Yeah. And you can't make a big deal out of everything. Right. And so, and you, and certain people don't want to be that person. Like, is this harmful? Is this petty? Like you have to, yeah. But like, I think that sometimes we forget when to turn that on and when to turn that off and just like help people, you know, carry their, you know, carry some of their pain and, and not sort of take it and like explain it back to them. Do you know what I'm saying? Oh, I so do Heidi. And I love that. Not explain it back to them. Right. You know, like, but to just carry it and to allow it. Um, There is a parental inclination and I will cop to, um, I think, Myself, Julie, for sure, we both carry this a lot. We always have where if there is the potential for George to be sad, if we could put padding all around that (laughs) and make sure that that never once happened in his entire life, we probably would have done that. Like we had some instinct told us like, uh, let the swim coach challenge him a little bit in a, as opposed to saying, you don't have to get up so early. That's crazy, honey. You, know, like, you mm-hmm. go ahead and sleep as late as you want. Right. <laughs> he's, he's just a mean man. Right. <laughs> um, <laughs> we'll have him fired. <laughs> You're on notice, Coach Walker. Sorry. Right. Um, and, and yet... Um, I, I worked with a family not long ago and this is a very common thing. And again, I'm copying to it myself, um, where there was a little bit of like, you know, well, we do some complaining on this end, but there are kids starving in Africa literally showed up on, in, in the discussion and, um, and, you know, you've really got to make the best of this difficult e-learning situation and, um, and, step into it, you know, um, and child says, um, well, it kind of sucked last year. I didn't like it. And, um, in an effort to make it better, like, oh, I'm sure they've been working on over the summer. And I, I have confidence that you're going to like it a whole lot better. And it's going to be more interactive and, um, you're going to feel more engaged and these grades are really important anyway. So let's just fire up for it. Okay kind of like that, but you can feel whose emotions are being eased there, right? Um, That's mom or dad. And meanwhile, uh, me, child, I'm not feeling heard. I'm not being acknowledged. Um, And again, this is not, I am not indicting anybody. I I would would knock Mr. Coach Walker into the pool in a heartbeat if I had to. But, um, But I think the more we're willing to say like, yeah, that, that probably does suck. Like, and even say, you know, like, and so that's probably the perfect way to, uh, to parent that circumstance. I think you understand what I'm saying, right, Heidi? A hundred percent. As long as I don't have to sign any paperwork. Where, where, how long ago? So Heidi and I lost each other somewhere in there. And I honestly, God, I see the text pop up. And I'm four minutes into a soliloquy. (laughs) Um, So you were saying um, 
you were talking about a family that you talked to and they literally used the phrase children starving in Africa. Yeah. And then I sort of didn't hear what you said after that. <laughs> oh, this is amazing. Sorry. Uh, effectively, effectively, it was um, just not acknowledging and jumping in with their child. And uh, he was talking about how e-learning sucks. I mean, it was, and, and yes. I hear this every day, right? And, um, and I think the easiest thing, what well, our inclination is like, you know, no, it doesn't. I'm sure it's very effective and, you know, and it'll be far more engaging this year because they've been working on it all summer, blah, blah, blah. Um, yeah. But if we could just say, yeah, I, I bet that sucks. Like, tell me, help me understand that. Like, I've never done that. What's that like? What do you picture it being like this year as opposed to last year? And just getting in the soup with your kid. Um, yeah. Something tells me that you're going to get more out of that. And I think there's some, I hope that there's, there's some benefits to just being heard, even if there isn't a whole lot of good news you can provide, right? We have very little control over the systems at this point, but just that, it, you know, as human beings, like for you, Heidi, you know, like, yeah, I bet it's really very odd to be in your newsroom for the very last time and to figure like, oh, wow, this is all, this is all going to be virtual from here on mm -hmm. out. And, you know, um, I can't imagine, you know, what's that like? Um, and maybe that at least does say like, I'll carry some of that for you. You know, like I get it. And um, that's, that's all my job is about. And sometimes I think in a weird way, it's kind of what your job is about too. Well, I'm, Glad you brought up that that's what your job is about, because I will say, and I'll get a little personal here. I, the first time I started to see a therapist and I've only ever seen one and it's the same woman I've seen all along since I first started seeing a therapist, um, was when I, my marriage was falling apart, my first marriage, mm -hmm. and I needed someone to help me decide, am I trying to fix this thing? Am I trying to to get out of this thing? Am I crazy to even be considering this as a question? My kids are two and six. Um, in fact, actually, right. I don't even think they were that they were probably one and five at this time. Anyway. Um, and, and those conversations were some of the first I could ever remember having in my entire life. And I was 35 then where the person sat and listened to me until mm -hmm. I was done talking and then said things back to me like, um, that sounds incredibly hard. What, what does it feel like when that happens? Or, you know, stuff like that yeah. where I was like, I mean, for the first couple of weeks, I would just sit there and sob like, Oh my God, this is what it feels like to be heard. Um, <laughs> this is, wow. well, I mean, it was stunning to me and I yeah. doubt I'm even in the minority there. I bet a whole bunch of people have gone through most of their lives, not really knowing what it feels like to be heard or asked like, Oh my gosh. So how did you feel when he said that? Um, you know, just to not, to not have someone say like, you know what, I bet he didn't mean it, how it came out, um, right. you know, or like, yeah, you know, men or like something that like explains it to you. 
Right. Um, or, right. or even, or even at first to be told what to do, like, well, it's time to leave, you know, or, well, you got to stick it out. Like it wasn't, I mean, so much of the best conversations I've had with my therapist have, have been <laughs> like just her sort of like leading me t- into understanding what I feel right. Like, like helping me understand, listen to my own voice, listen to what my gut just told me to do or not do or start, you know, um, interrogating whether I should do. And, um, I think that outside of therapy, those conversations are pretty hard to come by. And so, like, that's why I love so much the work that you do and that your peers do. Um, But, you know, a lot of us don't have therapists and our kids don't have therapists. And so, like, I wonder what those of us, you know, talking and listening right now can learn from that approach, the approach that I bet you take with your clients and that I've certainly benefited from with my own therapist where like, you know, are there ways to just like, you know, shut up and listen and then say afterwards, like, wow, how does that feel though? Or, you know, or like, does that, does that remind you of like anything in the past or does this feel totally new or, you know, like, guiding people toward like their own sort of, um, I don't know, self-examination is not really the right word, but just like, you know, the permission to like listen to your own voice and feelings and not shut them off with like children are starving in Africa, children are starving in Africa. Yes. Yes. Right. I mean, just, just the, the, um, to be given permission to say the words you ordinarily wouldn't say but you carry around all the time and to have somebody to have somebody just bear witness to that mm-hmm. there is incredible power in that um uh i, I will now uh, I'm, I'm inclined to reveal a, a story just just to back up what you're saying um because like that's my experience of therapy not just doing it but like i got a call yesterday from um, my therapist from, I don't know, 15, 18 years ago, maybe. Mm-hmm. Uh, and she was just asking for, um, you know, a referral for a client of hers that she felt was like a bad match, but I hadn't heard her voice Heidi in so long. And so when I heard it, it complete, I, I fell apart I yeah. mean, because, because this was one of the first people who, um, asked me, to slow down because she wanted to understand my story. And I'm like, no, no, it's this, my, my, you know, my, my family works like this and, you know, like, and, and I gotta go, you know, and yeah. like, oh, like <laughs> just need to uh, get it out. You know, I was told to get it out. Just say it. Right. Um, <laughs> I'm going to need some answers before yeah. I leave here. <laughs> Cause I'm a therapist. I got to get back to work. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> Don't you get it? <laughs> so to hear Lynn's voice was like this beautiful thing for me because I, I cried. Like in my office, just hearing her voice, I had to listen again to see what she wanted because I was like, you know, wow, I knew it right away that it was her. But part of it was just like how powerful it is to have that permission to just 
be who you are without having to pretend to be anybody else. Say what you're thinking, what you really believe, what you're afraid of, um, all of it. And, Mm -hmm. you know, and I think that kind of experience informs how I hope I, I can help families work now where whether it is wife to husband, husband to wife, parent to child or otherwise um, to learn that skill, which, you know, is effectively the not just the basic therapy skill, but, you know, people can argue what therapy is in the end. But really, that's what it is. I mean, you know, like we you can come up with solutions and do a whole bunch of other things, but you can fit that under a coaching heading or, you know, like a counselor heading or something like that. But Mm. therapy itself is really about just like this catharsis of like mm, some, somebody somebody is out there who understands and and somehow I feel more myself because of that. I feel like I can let go a little bit because of that. Um, I feel safer, oddly, because of that. Yeah. Um, and, you know, if there's any gift I think we want to give each other now in the midst of what for most of us has got to be the weirdest year of our lives, yep. I would guess. I mean, to 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 a large extent, um, it's a pretty big gift. It's no small thing. Yeah, I think so, too. And, you know, again, I feel like I have to emphasize that I'm not thinking of any of this as sort of like the solution to, you know, a growing suicide pandemic at all. I don't mm-hmm. I'm not trying to frame it that way, but I, but I am thinking that the article you shared is also sounding an alarm about the degree to which people are suffering and feeling hopeless and alone in all of this, whether those thoughts lead them to contemplate suicide or not. Um, this is, you know, these are rough times. And yes. so um, that it can feel like a burden to come up with like the right way to answer or explain or solve that for our family members. But I think maybe sometimes the better thing to do is just like, you know, share it with them and, and hold it and, and not try to talk, not try to talk anybody out of the thing that they just told us they feel or, or, you know, try to minimize it by reminding them how much worse it could be or how, how much worse it currently is for others or, you know, and it's so hard, um, in fairness, it's, it's, it's mighty work to kind of hold that space without stepping into it and doing exactly what you're saying, like, you know, trying to talk someone down from it, but allowing them to be there. Because um, I love I love the caveat. You put it out there twice, and I, and I really love it. This, uh, the idea that, you know, like, I'm not looking to blame anybody for the suicide pandemic. Like, the, the, I don't want to lay this at anybody's feet. And that's a really important message because I think, you know, I think people feel this guilt if their child or anybody they love has this feeling. But this feeling mm-hmm. is rampant and it's really... Yeah more kind of culturally a sign of the times and what we collectively need to do than it is like, you know, this is what you're doing wrong as a mom or a dad, you know? Yeah. Um, yeah. And I think, it, I think, I, I think that's really, I, I love that you're putting that point down. I, I was worried that I would forget to do that. So, um, that's huge. But, um, in terms of corrective action, I think a lot of us feel like, 
wow, you know, my, this person I love has said that they are, have considered taking their life or they just don't value it. Mm -hmm. Um, I've got to step in and take some dramatic action. And Mm -hmm. in my experience, sometimes the dramatic action that, that the action that makes the most impact is very little action. It's just like sitting and Mm. being with them and letting them talk it through. And, um, and it is, uh, especially if it's not your job, it's alarming and it's hard and you have to bite your tongue a lot and listen a lot and really work to understand. And I suppose by any advice, it would be, um, keep working toward understanding because there's going to be a lot of it. If if your mind does not naturally go there, it takes a lot of open ended questions to get to the point where you have any idea what this could possibly feel like. Yeah. And the more you're asking those questions, the more I think the person across me feels like, okay, this person's with me. They care. They, and they want to get it. They want to get it even though it's hard. Yeah. 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 That seems huge. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So there aren't, there aren't always, there aren't always answers, um, that are like nice and clear. And I, I, you know, I think about, you know, how we're going to look back at this year Mm. and, um, and, and my, given that there are so many elements we have no control over whatsoever, um, you know, and we can't, promise anybody we do right you know like i would have loved to have said to you a month ago oh the newsroom's gonna be fine you know right that's not gonna go anywhere (laughs) yeah or to kids like of course you're gonna be in school by next school year yeah they've got it all figured out it's all set they've been right right yeah Yeah. but we don't know you know um and but but we can be there you know and and if uh, if this if there's an element of and uh please, you know, no gagging. Um, there's an <laughs> element of humanity that comes out of this where we are willing to slow down enough to like listen deeper and more differently, um, than we have in the past. If that's the fallout from 2020 and nothing else amazing happens, I hope there's another amazing thing or two, but if nothing else amazing happens, um, that that might not be the worst thing and that might carry us through you know a, a lot with our with the people we care about and um um the people who are suffering you know uh anybody yeah. you know so um yeah i think the more of that we do the better um you know barring any you know nice easy solutions which seem to be evading most of us yeah well people keep talking about this as a you know, a reset, right? You see that phrase thrown all yes. around a lot. And I, and I resent it a little bit. And then I also find myself kind of clinging to it as <laughs> something to <laughs> hope for. Right, um, right. But maybe this is one of those areas where it's it's kind of reasonable to think of it as a reset. You know, if, if some of us who struggle with, you know, just shutting up and listening, get better at it. Um, or Or if we have failed to understand that that's what's needed, if we start to now grasp that that is indeed what's needed. Yep, um, yep. That that would be a good thing. No, and I like the idea of just even if you could just shut off the children are starving in Africa. You know, mm-hmm. I've, I've got to give you that perspective, and you know, like so, you are not entitled to the grief that you're feeling. Sorry. <laughs> you know, yeah. Like, and you know what's funny? Out of that space. 
Right. And, and we, you and I talk a lot about how like, you know, our kids don't need us to like break the news to them anymore. Like they've already read the big story by the time we get home to talk about it at dinner, which, you know, nobody comes home to talk to their kids before (laughs) dinner anymore because we never leave each other, but that's not true. Some people are still going to work. Um, anyway, uh, they don't, in the way that, we grew up where our parents sort of explained the rest of the world to us or introduced us to what was happening around the world, you know, that they had watched on the news or they read in the newspaper mm-hmm. or whatever. Um, that's not how it works anymore. Like they know our kids know where people are starving. They know what kids in their own school are hungry. They know, like they know things we don't, they don't need that from us. I don't think, I don't think they need the, um, the perspective on like how bad the world is like they're not sheltered in the way that we were. Right. Um, and so, which isn't to say that there aren't kids, you know, who get entitled and forget to, you know, keep things in perspective and blah, blah, right. blah, blah. But, uh, but I think when someone's coming to you, when your kid is coming to you in pain and, and telling you that something's really hard, um, probably the last thing they need is a reminder that like, other people have it a lot worse. They probably already and, know that. And, and oftentimes, yeah. And oftentimes kids not only already know that, but are already down on themselves for feeling the pain. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So, the, so the lecture that you're about to give, they've are, they're, they're giving it to themselves mm. in real time. Not always, yeah. but I, I see that plenty, you know, where yeah. it's like, I know people have it worse and this is a ridiculous thing to be, you know, I'm depressed about this. I can't, I'm so sick about myself. You know, I, mm. I can't stand myself for this. So to pile wow. onto that is unnecessary. Yeah, yeah. that's such a good point. Yeah. And also breaks my heart a little bit. I know, right? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so um, that's our good news. Yeah, <laughs> this is not a happy one. <laughs> right. But, but it well, could be, right? I, I think if, yeah. if, if we can, like, you know, open open up a little bit to what what the, our people have to say, um, maybe, you know, we relieve some some suffering. And um, and I suppose on the other side, if you feel like you're not being heard, um, I think it's reasonable to advocate for yourself a little bit and say, no, 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 no. You're not listening to me. You know, yeah. like, yeah, like that, totally. that, I, I get where you're heading here, but that's not what I need right now. So right. if you kind of have a bead on what you need, I think this might be a good, a reasonable year to advocate and say, you know, like either I'm going to go talk to a therapist or a coach or my spouse is going to listen differently and I'm going to coach them through this a little bit. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. I have gotten a little bit better at speaking up with certain people in my life. And actually my husband's not one of them. He's already, he started out a good listener. He seems but, like a good listener. Uh, yes. He is. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, but I have others who I adore in my life who I, you know, it took me a while, but I'm getting a little better at, at saying like, Hey, I just, I just need you to hang on and just listen, you know? Yeah. Um, it's not easy, but it really, I think is important. And, not, and not, not to make a podcast too long, but on the other hand, for me, I find that a lot of the people that I am reticent for some reason, I'm reluctant to reach out to when I do, they would often say like, you know, you don't give me the opportunity to hear you out. 
You know, like, mm. so, um, and that's true, right? For some yeah. of my friends, they're like, you know, why, why don't you talk to me? Like, you know, you can, you can let me know if you're having a hard time and yeah. I'll be here for you, you know? So yeah. there's, there's that side too. So, you know, yep. it might, it might take communicating on a little bit of a meta level. Yeah. Yeah. That's a good point. Okay. Yep. Okay. Okay. So that's uh that's on purpose and i think that was that felt like kind of a logical whole i think you could actually outline that like a like a high school paper <laughs> um, well i'm Good not luck going with it, to though. <laughs> i appreciate the suggestion <laughs> extra credit for anybody listening who's willing to do that by the way i would love to see it we'll, we'll all pay for our rooms with it. yeah <laughs> okay heidi all right good talking talk to you, you soon Okay. Bye. Bye-bye.